What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Yeah, you can research within your organization. A lot of organizations do surveys and try to get feedback, which is wonderful. And then you can also now move your attention to the research, right, to the research valid studies that are being done by every day by researchers um, that's, that you can possibly gain information from as well to inform, be a, have a comprehensive decision-making model in your organization that's not just based off of what the leaders think we should do. No, it's based off the leader, the employees, the processes, and the research, right? So it's all very comprehensive. Um, That really is the ideal way organizations should be making decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes, I mean, we're moving so fast. Everything's changing so fast. I can understand at times decisions are made quickly. Um, but you know, even if it's being somewhat intentional about getting the research and looking at it and comparing it, it could, it could go a long way, save them time and money, big time. Our voices, stories, and experiences are powerful and need to be shared to create a more inclusive world. Welcome to Hablemos, conversations with talented humans about inclusion, leadership, and purpose. I'm your host, Carolina Veira, finance and business strategist, DEI champion, and proud Latina. I'm also the director of partnerships at CareMax, where I lead initiatives to promote the value of healthcare education, inclusion, entrepreneurship, and community engagement, while fostering partnerships with other corporations and organizations in the U.S. Hello, everyone. I'm David Jaramillo from Hablemos. I'm delighted to be part of this project so we learn and grow together from hardworking and inspiring stories from magnificent people. This episode features Dr. Patricia Delgado, Director of Diversity and Inclusion for the El Paso Alpha Board and an experienced industrial organizational psychologist with 20 years of experience and in-depth study and research on the minority workforce and organizations. Dr. Delgado is a featured contributing author in the newly released book, Hispanic Star Rising, A New Face of Power. Her passion is to inspire leaders and individuals to exceed their own expectations through the translation of research into practice. Doctora, ¿cómo está? ¿Cómo le va? Muy bien. Thank you so much, Carolina, for having me. I'm very excited um, to be part of this webinar and then also this talk. Yes, let's let's talk. Vamos let's a... talk. Yes, <laughs> vamos a hablar. Eh, vamos a tener una conversación. Um, I, would, I would imagine there's so much to share just because, you know, you are one of our a uh, few doctors out there in the field, uh, particularly in, in, in industrial organizational. Is that is that what it is? That's correct. Industrial organizational psychology. Mm-hmm. There we go. So, because I remember the IO that you yeah. mentioned to me uh, a few minutes earlier, and I was like, 
I was trying to remember the right term. So thank you yeah. so much for clarifying. But, but um, obviously, Doctora, <laughs> Patricia, Patti, you are the CEO and the founder of the Brigidi, Brigify, sorry, group. That's okay. Um, and I asked you before, what was, where did the name, how did it, how did it come about? So share with me a little bit about that. Yeah. So again, thank you. Thank you so much for, for having me. I'm excited to be here and, um, also to talk about my story and my business and, um, to give any sort of information and, and reflection to the people that are listening. Um, so I am the CEO of my organization. We are a research firm and we're called the Bridgeify Group. So Bridgeify, as Carolina and I were talking about before, is probably not a word, but it, it came out organically through our um, talks about what is really our purpose in our business. And it is to bridge research with practice. So we are practitioners. A lot of us who are out in the workplace are considered practitioners. Then there are scholars and academics who are the ones doing research and so I bring both of those worlds together, and then we deliver tools, practical tools, applications, anything that organizations can use right now to better the concern that they're having or the issue that they're having. So, yes, we are the Bridgeify Group. We bridge research with practice. And what, why research? Not everybody goes into research. It, it takes a lot of work. A yeah. lot of pain and suffering. So <laughs> it is, it is. There's a lot of reading. There's a lot of data that you need to verify and make sure that data, the data is good and correct and, and, and know what the right sources come about. So it's a lot of work. So um, what, what made you so interested in, in the, this field in particular? And then, and then yeah. psychology. Yeah, so I've been an IO for 20-some years. I've been in training and organizational development positions in the past. And when I started my doctoral um, degree, and of course, you do a lot of research and you do a dissertation, I fell in love with the research part of the dissertation, just uncovering these nuggets of information that I would say, wow, if an organization just knew this, wow, it would take their decision-making to the next level. Or if leaders would just understand this about Hispanics, um, wow, they would be able to recruit and retain their Hispanic workforce better. And so in the research, yes, it's very tedious, um, but there is a lot of hidden information that people aren't utilizing in the corporate world. Now, in the academic world and in the healthcare world, research and studies are done all the time. Like we had COVID and there was a bunch of studies done on the COVID vaccine. This type of practice is natural in those worlds. But in the corporate world, um, if you are not a big, amazing company like Google or Apple, um, and if you're a smaller, mid-sized so organization, you probably don't have someone at, you know, at hand or in a department that does the research directly and does this translation. So our company is focused on those individuals and really also just trying to get people to understand there's different kinds of information, right? There's all this information that's hitting us all the time, but what part of it is opinion or or what part of it is just information and what part of it is factual and evidence and so that's another part of information that I educate my clients on is we can't believe everything we see on the internet <laughs> or on um on the web we have to really question well where did they get that information from is there some sort of concrete evidence that confirms its validity and so that's that's the part about research that I, I think is amazing 
I know it's kind of like a treasure hunt. I say, go <laughs> no, and treasure it's, hunt. <laughs> and, and what you mentioned is so interesting and, it, and it's so valid, especially nowadays when yeah. we, we get so much information from different sources. You know, obviously everybody's familiar with social media. You have uh, uh, different different uh, platforms there and they're not necessarily sharing the right information all the time. Right. 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 And it's probably because there's so many people who have access to sharing information and that's, that's the, that's where you come in, right? That's how the validation takes place. The credibility, right. The, the um, yeah. Validating that what information is being put out there is, has been validated in some form or fashion. Um, when it comes to research evidence. And so, yeah, it, it's kind of scary how much information is out there. And and it's okay to question the information that you are taking in. Where does it come from? Who are the people that are providing it? Is it just the person down the street? Or is it a reputable company, uh, a research firm like Deloitte or McKenzie? Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. it's important that we all, I know it's not something we do all the time, but really start questioning, well, Where am I getting this information? Especially if it's involving, like leaders and organizations, involving the way they're making decisions that are impacting their people or impacting their organization. And that was going to be my next question. If you work directly with the CEOs of the different organizations or because it sounds to me that it could also be the general counsel, the marketing uh, department. So who do you connect with? Who can benefit from this information? Yeah, so a lot of my clients are either very tenured, amazing consultants doing amazing work, um, or I am an advisor to a CEO or a C-suite leader um, that calls on me if they are making big decisions about the organization and want to know, well, what does the research say about, um, you know, right now the great resignation is the big thing, right? So what Mm -hmm. does the research say about retaining people? What does the research say about hybrid workforce? That's a big one, right? Like flex workplace. Like what, what is the best way of creating a flex workplace? There's so many words right now when it comes to hybrid, teleworking, flex working, home-based working. Like, <laughs> Are they using the right terminologies? I'll be doing a three-part um, white paper series on this particular topic. Um, so information like that, that can inform how their policies are created and how they're making their decisions is really powerful and ultimately can impact their, their employee and their bottom line. So I say, let's, let's make informed decisions. That's my big thing. (laughs) Informed evidence-based decisions. And, and also you mentioned the great resignation. So in order to keep employees, uh, to retain them, to hire the right person, you also can benefit from, from this research, right? Yeah, you can research within your organization. A lot of organizations do surveys and try to get feedback, which is wonderful. And then you can also now move your attention to the research, right, to the research valid studies that are being done by every day by researchers um, That's that you can possibly gain information from as well to inform, be a, have a comprehensive decision-making model in your organization that's not just based off of what the leaders think we should do. No, it's based off the leader the employees, the processes, and the research, right? So it's all very comprehensive. Um, that really is the ideal way organizations should be making decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes, I mean, we're moving so fast. Everything's changing so fast. I can understand at times decisions are made quickly. Um, but, you know, even if it's being somewhat intentional about getting the research and looking at it and comparing it, it could it could go a long way, save them time and money, big time. <laughs> mm, yeah, I can, I can see how, and it, even... 
during conferences and when we want to share information, share data with with those attending those conferences. I can even see how they can benefit from this, the type of work that you do and the, the sources that, uh, the sources of information that you have access to, to really provide uh, good good data, to really yeah. provide Im- and make informed decisions like you, you mentioned. Yeah, so I'm not scared of the research. Um, and I, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm looking to teach people not to also be scared of the research because it really is uh, a whole new world of, of nuggets of information that can really change the trajectory of how people work in the workplace. Um, yeah, so- particularly for big organizations who are mm-hmm. targeting, let's say, the Hispanic market, like you mentioned, right. um, having this information, it's it's also valuable just to to see if do we go into this community, how do we market how to this community, right. of course, and it can save you a lot of time, pain and suffering as well, just because now you have valid information as to how the customer really feels, right, and what they, what right. they truly need. Correct. See, you should come work with us, Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And you not only consult for firms, but also you are now teaching, like training the trainer, right? You're developing something uh, along those lines. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. I know that you're still working on it, but um, just yeah. some information. So shout out to all the IOs out there, right? Um, <laughs> my IO, The IO community is is large. And we're strong, and we just got accepted as part of STEM, which is wonderful. Oh, um, congratulations! Yeah, so, so we, all of us in the IO industry and and that this field, um, I believe, need to understand the the importance of the research and how to bridge that research. So I am coming up with what I call how to be a research translator, where I teach individuals about the process of researching, but then about how to translate it into practical solutions. So, for example, if there's an issue on retention, we go into the research, look at retention, and then we find some of the solutions would be best practices that organizations can use. That would be what someone would translate from the research, Um, maybe a checklist that a leader can do, um, maybe even a training um, that someone can do. I teach the individuals how to go through the full process of how to look up research, how to synthesize it, and then let's do the translation. Um, so it's, it is, um, I'm excited to, to, you know, be doing that in the next, I'll be in the couple of months that we'll be launching this training. Um, but really to share this, I think it's an undervalued skill set that not many people, um, they might, they probably have it, don't know they have it, but now they can put a name to it and now they can really promote it when they're, um, you know, going for a new job or for an interview and say, you know what, I understand and I know how to, to translate research and then they might get the question of, oh, what does that mean? And then they can go into the whole spiel. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hola a todos. This is Carolina. I personally would like to invite you to be part of Hablemos by heading over to carolinaveda.com forward slash Hablemos to sign up today. And while you're there, take a look at my DEI initiatives and discover how we can all be agents of change by creating sustainable projects through a DEI lens and by sharing and celebrating our authentic stories and experiences while leading with compassion and empathy.
stuff. No, that sounds like a fantastic training. And I can see the benefit that can bring not only to, um, to other consultants, uh, but also to people within organizations that are doing this type of work that want to develop some type of training for their employees, for their teams. Um, even for, I, I know you mentioned healthcare, but even to impact um, patients uh, within the healthcare industry yeah. as well. They've are, uh, yeah, that's, like I said, the healthcare is very big on evidence-based practice, which is what a lot of this is. Um, and they're doing it all the time. There's a lot of great research and studies that the healthcare um, field does. And so even tapping into to those studies can be beneficial because although their health, their setting is in the healthcare, sometimes people are people and, you know, and the results can be applicable to another industry or another group of people. So, yeah, so a lot of good yeah. stuff. There's a lot of intersectionality there. And, Patricia, Patty, why, how come did you uh, make the decision to get into these different fields? What, what inspired you? Um, and, and also, my next question would be, is there something in your lifetime, <laughs> something in your past, some life story that really shaped you into the researcher yeah. and the doctor that you are today? Yeah, so I'm originally from El Paso, Texas. I am a Mexican-American, first generation. Um, my father and mother were born in Mexico and came over. Um, and so El Paso is a, and a beautiful city. If nobody knows of it, and shout out to all of my El Pasoans. But we are predominantly Hispanic. We There is an 80, 85% so Hispanic. So everybody looks like you. Um, so speaking of a story that shaped who I am today is that I left El Paso after, after you know, to go to college. After high school, I was out. And I went to a place where there were no Hispanics. <laughs> well, a lot of places outside of El Paso are, are that way. And so I ended up being the one, which I know we all have talked about always being, oh, I'm just the one minority. Um, I understood and was now called a person of color. Um, I was now labeled minority. And I was now put into that group, which was a very big shock for me coming from a predominantly Hispanic. And I mean, I never even knew any of that stuff. So my experience of leaving my hometown and going to college was really impactful in that it I was I learned a lot about myself and I learned about a lot about what society, how society views us as minorities. Um, and so you have to learn how to roll with the punches and how to, you know, adapt and evolve in the environment that is what it is today. Um, so with that, I knew I wanted to continue to be the one or one of the ones, which empowered me and really motivated me to go for my doctorate. Because the, there is a small number of Latinas that have completed a, a PhD or doctorate program. And so I wanted to be part of that group. So I pushed myself to, you know, to get informed, find out how do I get there? What do I need? Um, and then how do I finish? And so, yeah, so I think that that experience out of at a college really, I think, catapulted my um, drive to continue being the one and paving the way for other Latinas to come, you know, to feel like, oh, I can do this too. Because I saw other Latinas, wow, mm -hmm. she's a Latina, she has a doctorate, I could do that too. Um, and just to make, make us be known more and make all of our Latinitas know that they can do it too. I think that's a big part of, of why I finished and why I did it. For my and daughter, for my nieces, yeah. For, and that's for so powerful, Patricia, just to, you're a role model, right? And you're showing what's possible. And and um, that it's, 
that we can do it. Because sometimes we need to see those examples. Well, I believe that all the time we need to see those examples um, in and also know that it's going to, to, there's going to be moments of fear. Do you, do you have right. any of those moments where you're like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. What am I doing here? Nobody understands me. How do you manage? Uh, yeah. Um, I think like a lot of us who are put in those, especially as professionals in the workplace, we're put in that situation um, where how do you manage your culture and your workplace? How do you manage your experience? And when do you come in with your culture? Um, yeah, those are really tough situations. And um, I've learned from other minority leaders. I've learned from watching um, leaders in my own community, leaders in my family of what is the best way of handling certain situations. Um, but fear is always going to be around, right? We're always going to be fearful of something, right? I mean, we COVID came Absolutely. and we were fearful of COVID. I'm, oh, yes. Being at home with our spouses, we were fearful of that, <laughs> you know? So the fear part of life, um, I believe, is always going to be there. But it's it's what you do with the fear and how you, you take the fear with you and continue, like, leaning in um, is all up to you. So um, fear, yeah. fear is always there. And do you have a, a support system that helped you along the way during those years oh when God, you were doing yeah. your doctorate? Yeah, it's a long journey. Four or five years, um, you, it's a lot of time away from family, away from your responsibilities. Um, so you do need a very strong support system that understands your 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 journey. And some of my family members would be like, todavía no cabes? And I'm like, no, not yet. <laughs> still going. <laughs> you know, we're still in the process here. We're still moving. Um, when are you going to graduate? Oh, okay. You know, so yeah, I, there, de there needs to be a lot of communication about the process of getting a doctorate or PhD. Um, and like a lot of us Latinos having family as mm -hmm. part of your, your, your core support system. Um, that is one of mine as well. I have an amazing family that supports me, um, that's there. Um, and so, I mean, without that and other, of course, colleagues and peers. So I always encourage Latinos, younger professional Latinos to step out of your Latino circle and find those other mentors that are not of Hispanic descent, right? That are of other descents and, and ask them for that mentorship, ask them for their advice. I do have a lot of other mentors that aren't Hispanic that have really informed my decisions today um, and that I'm comfortable to say, hey, what do I do when this happens? Um, it's great to have those other perspectives um, when you want to create like like talking about purpose, when you want to create your full purpose, you need to step out and go into the world and ask for other perspectives so that you have a more comprehensive way of looking at things. So Absolutely. I do have a great support system um, around me. Um, and I love that you mentioned that that you have mentors who are not necessarily Hispanic. Mm -hmm. uh, they're from um, they're from different communities. You also are giving them an opportunity to learn about yes. what we go through and how we see things, and they become our allies. So that's exactly. a, that's you're empowering people by doing that. Yeah, and it it could be a little scary at first, right? Um, but um, again, fear like do you lean in or do you lean out? Mm -hmm. Really, it's up to you. I say lean in. There's nothing you, you'll lose um, by leaning in and you'll just learn. Go in with curiosity, go in with wanting to learn. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a big part of, of my success is I'm not scared to go in and to learn and to all meet people. In. Just, yeah, all in. Like, let's jump in the pool. Uh, I may not have a safety, whatever. <laughs> no like, safety net. No, no, nothing. Let's just get it done. Just like 
What the was body it? will float. <laughs> <laughs> was it, what was yeah. it, Patty, that we connected in Miami? You were coming for a conference, one of the conferences, and we're like, okay, let's connect. Let's just make it happen. And we did. And, and, and that's how relationships evolve and they, yeah. they, they become stronger and um, purpose-led more than anything. And, and I know you mentioned purpose. What is your purpose, Patty? What do you want to... What do you want your legacy to be? What what does it look like? What's yeah, purpose so to you? I, you know, I when people talk about what is your purpose, I see purpose as an evolving journey um, that individuals take. We start as we're younger, there's a purpose when we're younger. As we get become a teenager, there's a purpose. High school, and in each part and step of our life, we have a different purpose of what we're working towards that then determines ultimately your legacy. So Right now in my life, I think my purpose is to be an educator. My purpose is to to be an influencer, to be a mentor, to be a mother. Um, and not, you know, not to say that that might change next year. Um, you know, we just never know. But I do always try to focus on what's happening right now. What do I have control over right now? And how can I make that at the best level that I can make it at or be the best influencer or the best um, mentor? Um, so it's really just to take the day and not take it for granted. And what one thing we've learned with COVID with the unfortunate loss um, is that life is short, right? Mm -hmm. And we need to really take time to self-reflect, um, think about the people around us, think about what we, what do we love to do? I did that a lot before I started my business. I'm like, what do I love to do? Hmm, like, what can I do? They always say, find something you can do. Um, and you could do it all day, right? And I thought, well, what do I could do all day? And it took that you wouldn't to mind doing if right. you were not getting paid for it. Thank you. That's yeah, a right? statement. Yes. <laughs> um, you wouldn't mind doing it and not getting paid for it. And so, yeah, you take time to do that. And I did. And I knew that, you know, this whole research part was something I loved doing. And mm -hmm. I could make it a, I can make it into something that not only, um, benefits others, but I can evolve it and be creative in how I teach research and how I, you know, help my clients. Um, so, so yeah, so purpose, I think is a, it's, um, it's wonderful. You need to have purpose, but let's have purpose on a daily basis and, um, and just be grateful for the time that we have right now and make the best of it. That's the big thing. Make the best of it. Don't take it for granted. So. Empathy, there's a lot of self-reflection as well. When you yeah. say that, um, you need people to, really know what they want to do, who they want to become, what they want to do for the rest of their lives, right? Even though the rest, even though they can change their minds uh, in a year from today. Um, what about those people? What about the ones that are, that maybe want to do something like what you do? What's what's your token, what's your piece of advice to, to those doing that, uh, going through that self-reflection yeah. and understanding what they want to do? Yeah, sometimes we can't move right away to what we want to do, right? Sometimes there's obstacles. Of, mm. Let's say you're in a job and you have to be in the job right now. You can't just go open your business because you have responsibilities. And and yeah, that, that happens all the time in your self-reflection and thinking about what you want to do. You also should think about, well, how can I get there, right? So go out, figure out a plan of if you want to open your own business, just for example, want to open your business, well, how, how can I get there? What do I need? What is the financial standard, the, the situation that I need to get? Um, so it's, yeah, you're right. It's not just the reflection. I think the reflection is very important, but it's also what is the action and the plan you're going to take to move forward and to get there um, and know that you can do it. Um, know to ask for help. I think as Latinos, 
sometimes we don't ask for help for and Latinas for some reason. Well, I know it's a lot of it is, you know, it's just part of the culture. Yeah. Um, but ask for help, right? You've ask done somebody. the research, right? Yeah. You, you know the, the numbers. Does say, <laughs> it does say it's very cultural script driven, meaning there's scripts in our psyche that have been part of just who we are based off of our, our ancestors and so forth. Um, but step out, ask for help, find out the people um, that are doing what you would like to do and reach out to them as well. Um, that can always be fun. What you're, what you're describing is a strategy and there's nothing wrong with having a strategy right. because that's, it helps you be more efficient about what you're doing. Right. And it doesn't have to be fancy. Like people say, hey, right. no, it doesn't have to be fancy. You can write it down. It's like, a plan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just put it on word. I mean, you know, put it down on paper and then start breaking it down little by little. Um, yeah. It, it, it's really, and if there's not any, if there people aren't sure what to do, that's okay too. I mean, we mm-hmm. can go through times in our life where we're just we're just living and enjoying and living and kind of rolling um, until something kind of puts us and moves our moves us away from our path a little bit that right. we kind of have to think, wait a second, <laughs> what am I doing now? Um, and that's okay too. I think I think sometimes we're a little hard on ourselves and we're like, we have to find purpose. Sometimes it, it takes a little bit of time, and Absolutely. I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think that we Absolutely. should be okay with that. And yeah, it's it's about being kind to ourselves too. It's, right. it's giving ourselves grace, right? Like just like what we do with others. So thank you for reminding us of that, yeah. especially during these times that I mm-hmm. see so many people struggling with um, their mental health or their situation or families or people who they've lost, particularly right. after COVID. Or now we're still in COVID times, but yeah. it feels like you know, we've, we've progressed, we've advanced, um, thank God a little bit. So it's, it's about being kind to ourselves too. Yeah. And it takes, um, intentionality and it, and it takes, um, someone to really just, I always say, focus on what you have right now. You mm-hmm. have, you know, look at what you look around you. You have home, you have food, you're alive. You food, you're alive. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's these, li- they're simple little things acts of of thought that can take you um can pull you out of a very dark hole if you are there or not um and ask for help there's people around that are always willing like yourself Carolina was very very gracious with her time and helping me be my guest at at this conference in Miami (laughs) I you know we didn't even know each other and you and I just went for the free drinks (laughs) (laughs) I mean you were so great and just saying yes I'll be there and so, I mean, I didn't even know you and you were gracious with your time that it's just wonderful to see that we all are a community mm-hmm. um, and we do have allies that are that are wanting to be on our side as well. So let's reach out to those and and um, let's partner up and really try to make Absolutely. a difference. Um, so, Absolutely. A hundred percent. And then for the community out there and those who are interested in learning more about you, the work that you're doing, the programs that you're developing. Um, maybe there's some work and consultation that you can do or your team can do for different organizations, endless possibilities, or maybe they just need mentoring. They just need somebody to talk to. Uh, Obviously you're a doctor in psychology, so you understand humans quite, uh, quite well. And you know, (laughs) you have all that information there. How do they go about reaching out to you? Yeah, so I'm I'm on LinkedIn under my own personal profile of Dr. Patricia Delgado. Um, you can go into my LinkedIn business profile, the Bridgeify Group. I'm on Instagram as well, um, and information is there. You're 
you can DM me, anybody can DM me. I'm happy to collaborate to, to especially for organizations that are needing research-based um, evidence and help on from that end. I'm happy to collaborate and be able to assist on in that particular part of their decision-making process. So that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Patty, for sharing all your 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 beautiful story, your experience, your expertise, the work that you're doing. And, and, and truly, it's a shout out to all those organizations who may be looking to learn more about what the Hispanic community is about. The, it's beautiful to know that there's resources available that reach out to you to have access to this information, right? Yeah, and thank you to you and the Hispanic Star who continues to do amazing work. Um, I had a privilege to be in the first book of the Hispanic Star volume, which was amazing. And I am promoting, you know, third. And so yes. thank you yes. to, to all the chapters out there, like yourselves in Miami, doing all the great work of, of really, you know, influencing our communities and, and just making us more better than we already are, but just, you know, giving us that lift that we need. So thank you to, to you all. No, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being a role model and an inspiration. And and thank you for mentioning about the book, because, yeah, it's an invitation to an everyone invitation. to be part of Hispanic Stars Rising Volume 3. Can you believe it's Volume 3? Soon I'll enough, we're going to have uh, books for kids just talking about our stories, because our stories okay. and, and our voices have a lot of power. And, and, and this is how we change the world, right? This Agreed. is by showing our stories. Right. I, I think we yeah. mentioned that you, you have to show what's possible. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And know that you're not alone in your struggle um, and that there's probably someone out there with this, not so much of the same story, but a little bit of the same mm -hmm. story that, they, you know, we can lean on each other for. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you, Patty, for your thank time. You. It's been wonderful. Um, we're going to upload it into the LinkedIn uh uh, page but so stay tuned for more and then if you need to reach out to Dr. Patricia Delgado please do so she has wonderful resources that we all need to share within our own organization so thank you Patty for the work that you, you do guys. and hope to see you soon okay gracias bye-bye bye If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast today and also send me a DM at Veda. Share the love, share the comments, share the thoughts. Special thanks to our partners at the Hispanic Star and Katuna Digital Marketing. Gracias mil. Thank you for listening, everybody. And we'll be back next time with a new episode of Hablemos. Ciao.